we left off. It doesn't have page numbers. Let's see, we left off. About three o'clock, Charles awoke and saw Robbie in the blankets moving across the room. Quote, the boy in the bedding moved as a unit slowly under the twin beds. In quote, Charles recalled, quote, the four sides of the blankets, which had no folds, remained perfectly straight with no wrinkles. In quote, tired and dazed, Charles could take no more. Quote, stop that. He said, I'm not doing it, Robbie replied. The boy in the blanket slid under a bed. Charles stooped and saw Robbie bouncing up and down against the springs supporting the mattress, stiff and seemingly again in a trance. Robbie did not flinch as his face hit the springs. Charles pulled him from under the bed. Robbie's face was cut in several places. If Charles had thought that Robbie was faking, or even if he had thought that the boy was the victim of a poltergeist, he now had to consider the possibility that Robbie was possessed, that something was in control of this 13-year-old boy who looked so chillingly indifferent to his fate. Next day, Charles took Robbie home. He had no explanation for what he had seen. There are stories of incidents far more sinister than flying plates and bouncing mattresses. Whatever the reason for the onslaughts, victims suffered. One well-documented case involves Eleonora Zugun, Z-U-G-U-N, a 12-year-old Romanian girl who in 1925 complained that a demon named Dracul, D-R-A-C-U, was harassing her. First, 
came the usual wrappings and moving objects, then scratches and bite marks appeared on her face, arms, neck, and chest. She claimed that Dracul was pricking her with needles and biting her. Whatever he may have known about parapsychology and the relatively benign legends of poltergeists, Charles believed after that terrifying February night that he had been in the presence of some colossal force. It did not matter. It did not matter whether that force was a hallucination, an outburst, an outburst of supernatural powers, evidence of parapsychological activity, or an eruption from some psychological fissure deep within Robbie. He was suffering unimaginable agony, mute and unheeding. Robbie seemed to be plunging deeper, deeper into something Charles could not phantom. During the day, Robbie seemed normal though tired and listless. At night, he knew no peace. The nightmares still tore his sleep. The scratchings in the mattress were continuing night after night. Then, on Saturday, February 26, scratches began to appear on Robbie's body. The scratches looked like the kind a cat makes, long and shallow, the marks of claws, the marks of claws. They appeared on Robbie's arms, legs, and chest. Some of the scratches seemed to form letters of the alphabet, but the letters did not form words, not yet. Charles now saw that whatever he had been trying to do was not strong enough to stop Robbie's agony. A force had been tormenting Robbie from the outside. Now the force seemed to be inside him, manifesting itself by emerging from his body in bloody lines, possessing him, 
Charles conceded defeat. As one of Robbie's parents remembered it, Charles said quietly, quote, You have to see a Catholic priest. The Catholics know about things like this. End quote. There are 37 pages left. But it's 2.56 in the morning, so that's it for now. Thank you for listening.